This episode is brought to you by Rakuten. Who doesn't love shopping online? Trying to find a coupon code, though, can be a total pet That's why I shop with Rakuten. It's a free tool that does all the searching for you and instantly applies your savings at checkout. Plus, now here's the best part. You earn cash back on most purchases. Shopping in store? No problem. Just link your debit card to earn even more. You can download this on your computer or as an app on your phone. Check out our show notes for a direct link. Use our code and earn $10 cash back today. Hi, I'm Monica. Yep, there's only one of me today, but I'm here with two fantastic guests, sisters Jasmine and Ashley Renee, to talk about everything from beauty to new motherhood and parenting in general, but nothing serious, seriously. So grab your eye cream, your vacuum, and a diaper bag, and get ready for a little bit of reality and a whole lot of fun. Today we welcome Jasmine and her sister Ashley Renee for this guest host episode of Two Monicas in a Microphone. The other Monica is probably someplace far away enjoying life on vacation. <laughs> so we can just be envious and talk about some good stuff while she's away. But, <laughs> nope. And I'm so excited to have Jasmine because she is a creative entrepreneur, mother of two, and a longtime friend of mine from my days selling beauty products. We were just sharing stories about products and how to store them. Uh, yeah. <laughs> how not to store them. <laughs> Do not forget about them and leave them in overheated garages. And Ashley and I just met and she's a brand new mother. So congratulations, Ashley. Thank you so much. And we have a range of things to discuss today. And we're going to have some fun talking about the past, the present, and the future, not only of our lives, but of beauty. So Jasmine, do you remember when we met? Because I have a very clear recollection of when I met you. I know it was definitely during our training days. That's right. It was like, wow, I got to go wait three weeks to learn about skincare. Yeah. It was a long time. I just, I don't know how I would have done it if I had been a mother. That would have been really crazy. You know, well, actually I would have been very much looking forward to it. (laughs) I think so. Yes. That part back. (laughs) Like, sorry, babe. I've just got to go away for three weeks. Like there's no way around this. (laughs) Right. No, I'm going to sleep in a hotel room, go out to dinner. Yeah, I can handle that. Just every day, I just have to eat out. I just, I don't know. Right, no dishes. (laughs) So the thing I remember is we were in New Jersey, Morrisville, Morristown, Morristown, New Jersey. And you hadn't been in LA for very long. So you were still jonesing for New York. And we would spend all day at training. And then you would get all dolled up and go to New York City. And I was exhausted and I couldn't, I was like, I don't understand how you can wake up and be functional. So yeah, you went out on the town. And I think one day you said you came back at two or three in the morning and then you were ready to go at 7.30 that morning to learn. I'm like, wow, I just, it blew my mind. And I was really impressed. I feel like that's like my same life now, except I'm not going out to have fun. I'm just working then. Right. (laughs) I was preparing myself, I guess. Yeah. It sounds like things have changed quite a bit since, can you believe it was 2011, 10 years ago? Whoa. I know. I can't believe you just said that out loud because no, it it felt like yesterday, but was it a decade ago? It was. It was. I was thinking about it as I was planning this out. Decades now. Yeah, it was. So, you know, when I say longtime friend, we've known each other for 10 years. So, yeah. 
and it's kind of crazy too it's just like how things have advanced a little bit in like the whole skincare world because like everything that we were doing I feel like people are kind of talking about it now like now oh, have you heard about like hyaluronic acid for your face I'm like yeah like decade ago well, I thought I was late bus <laughs> tell me a little bit about what you've been up to since I'll say since 2016 which is the last time we saw each other in person yeah so that was probably around the same year or like year after like starting a company called aesthetic influencer kind of like that base of clients so like estheticians and dermatologists mm -hmm. because 10 years ago now that we wanted to put that out there you know i i was really super into social and kind of realizing like a lot of my doctor's offices had not really gotten into it yet and back then i think it was like facebook and twitter right around that time I think like we really just switched it into a real agency because things were just having such this big digital shift mm -hmm. and then also like another big shift right now is like sustainability I think I work behind the scenes a lot with skincare brands and just kind of seeing like how much plastic go into things especially if they've already been in existence it's hard to kind of change up that supply chain okay you know? But I'm excited to talk about like what some of these things are that you've got coming up. I feel like you're gonna be our Oprah today. I, I am the Oprah today. So Ashley, that brings us to you. Ashley Renee, congratulations on your baby. Thank you. Very exciting. How how do you feel you're coping with the change? Actually, eight weeks today. I forgot, I forgot, new mom alert, new mom alert. We're counting every like minute and every, <laughs> my baby is 1,364 days old. Exactly eight weeks today. Exactly. Oh, that's so Correct. fun. A Friday. Friday, yes. He was born on a Friday, so. Yay, my little boo boo. Yeah, things are great. <laughs> um, it's so interesting because uh, my whole life, I was always like anti-kids. You know, of course, then I got with my husband and was still anti-kids, but he, <laughs> He, that was like what his stipulations he was like you have to make me a father and I was like no guarantees like you're taking a risk Mary. nature's gonna take its course <laughs> but you know if you love me and you want to do this thing let's try it you know there's no guarantees but I'm gonna change my mind but I you know obviously long story short ended up changing my mind and so glad I did it, it's like what I thought it was gonna be like I think my whole life I just imagined it was gonna be this torturous experience <laughs> And, and oh, just wait. Just right, wait. Yeah, you're like, oh, you're just in the beginning phase. Well, was that because of me and, and viewing my life? Because <laughs> I, I had kids first? <laughs> I think the one thing that I've learned is that it's just not as hard as I thought it was going to be. Like, even though things didn't come instinctively to me at first, eventually, mm -hmm. like over time, you start to become more confident in your parenting skills. And I'm not as scared anymore. I, I know I'll figure it out, especially with like the help of my husband. Yeah. Together, we figure it out. Having a partner and being in it together makes a huge, huge difference. Yes. I could not do this alone. I think it would have been a completely different experience if I was. I, I tell that to Paul all the time that I couldn't do it without him. So I think that's really sweet. He took a risk and you took a risk and now you're, you have a little eight week old baby. A little eight week old baby. Yeah. We, we got married in 2016 and then got pregnant in 2020. So it took four years for me to come around, but I did. I, I bet you enjoyed those four years though. Yes. Sure did. Oh gosh. Went yeah. all around the world, saw everything, did all the things. Got it all, all the things when you could do all the things. Yeah. And it was uh, such perfect timing, right? Because then by the time 2020 happened, the pandemic hit, oh, I'm ready to like settle down anyway. So this is perfect. 
<laughs> I think that's great. And now, you know, it's no problem to stay at home and be cozy and yeah. just enjoy each other, spend yeah. extra time together. And no pressure. Like, I, I don't feel like I have FOMO, not like missing out on anything. Right. Like, world shut because down. no one's doing anything. You're literally missing out on nothing. nothing. Right. I'm cool. I'm chilling. Well, I'm so happy for you because it is nerve wracking to go into it thinking that maybe you didn't want to do it initially. And then you don't know how your life's going to change. And the fact that you're having a positive experience and you're enjoying it, that just makes me, that makes me smile, I think. So let's transition a little bit. And we're going to go into the segment I like to call Totally Obsessed. Because since we're talking about beauty, I want to know, Jasmine, what's the first beauty product you were totally obsessed with? So if we go way back into decades, the very first one was actually a doctor pepper lip balm. I don't know where, who who made it, but I know it's like at Target and stuff now. And I probably used to eat it, which is I like Dr. Pepper lip balm. Yes. But then like, I've got two more things that I feel like was a little part of my life where when I was in college, the first like real product that I picked out was mm-hmm. some kind of face wash from Heels that okay. was kind of like passed on to me by another girl. It was like, oh, you got to try this. Cause you know, back then I was probably just using like Noxzema and yes. Clear yes. and just like complete crap. And I just remember using it and I was like, oh my God, like my face feels so good. This is how much for a face wash? <laughs> but, <you know. laughs> Cause I'm like used to something in a drugstore. I just remember after that, I'm like, okay, I'm kind of hooked on, you know, better products. It, that was, that was probably my, my two obsessions. Like I could definitely remember that Dr. Pepper being the first thing I've ever tried and bought and then Kiehl's kind of like changed my trajectory of product consumption. That's quite a leap. It was also around the time of Sephora. When I was an intern in New York, Sephora's, they were on every corner. And I just remember being an intern in New York and, you know, bopping around 42nd Street trying to get to Pfizer. If there was like an after work function or Mm -hmm. something like that, no matter where I was going in the city, meeting friends for drinks or dinner, there was a Sephora on the corner. And so I- Starbucks of beauty. Exactly that. Sephora was a Starbucks of beauty. And, but it was definitely that, you know, discovery zone place where I just knew that if it was after work and I'm going to any kind of like dinner or gonna go just like meet my friends because they had all these after work magazine parties. Master the art of this quick touch up, stopping into the Sephora, you know, just Oh God, now that I think about it, how gross, but just the like dabbing in like, you know, all the little tester makeup mm-hmm. and, oh, I would rock the brightest randomest lipstick that I would never buy, you know? That's so fun. <laughs> it would just like match whatever I had on. Like it was, it was great. Like that was definitely my, my beauty playground. And I was so sad when I left and moved to LA and it just was not accessible anymore. And I had right. to buy my own makeup again. <laughs> That's just so true. Then you have to, you know, really decide what you want to put on your lips. So Ashley Renee, do you have a first beauty obsession since you had a sister who would eat Dr. Pepper lip balm? I would be obsessed with whatever she was obsessed with. Okay. Uh, I just got all the secondhand stuff from her. So whatever she (laughs) 
whatever she didn't want or whatever she did want and I would just feel it that's it pass on to you just pass on to me so those were my my first beauty obsessions with the Dr. Pepper lip balm <laughs> I think I took it from her <laughs> my cousin and I had the same Dr. Pepper lip balm obsession just so you know and I'm a bit older so it apparently is one of those things so what are you obsessed with right now so I'm vegan. So my number one thing is I always try to make sure that whatever products I get are mm-hmm. vegan. Actually, there's two products by a company called Wander Beauty. So Wander Beauty is this brand that creates products for women on the go, for busy moms. They're basically like multifunctional products. So that like, for example, I have a, it's like a lip liner and a lipstick in one, right? Cool. So all in one stick. So on one end is the lipstick, on the other end is the lip liner. And I, I love that idea. I love that because like I have so many lipsticks that I don't imagine lip liners to. Right. So they, it makes it so much easier. It's just so functional to me. And plus with me being in the sustainability, you know, the less product you buy, the better, right? right. So if a product can come with two different functions, then that's less waste. Water Beauty also makes a skin brightening purple mask mm-hmm. and it's vegan and it's called Lift Off um, for brightening. And I really like that. And most mascara formulas, they usually contain beeswax. Really happy when I can find cruelty-free and vegan mascara. There's a company called Thrive Cosmetics. I've heard of them. Yeah, they're really great. They make- They um, do a lot of Instagram or Facebook ads. They do, don't they? Yeah. And they make a really great vegan mascara. And then also, of course, anything from Kate Von D, like just amazing because the whole entire line is vegan. So that if I want something, just go to Kate Von D, everything's vegan and there's no problems. Awesome. Those are some great obsessions. I think my current obsession is a mostly serum line and I'm going to butcher the name. It's like the (laughs) the originalist. I lied. My current obsession is the ordinary. Ordinary. The ordinary. Wow. That's completely different. Yes, it is. It shows you how much attention I pay to the things I put on my face. I don't pay attention to the name, but I'm really into the products. I like the types of ingredients they have. I like that I could layer three or four different things because it's all serums. So it doesn't roll off my face because that's one of my big pet peeves with products when they roll off my face. So the other thing I like about it is a lot of the ingredients that I was talking about in the late 2000s when I worked for another beauty brand, they're all in these products. So I kind of feel like it has a little bit of credibility in my eyes. Whereas some of the new ingredients, I'm like, I don't know. Did you just make that up? Did you just make it up? (laughs) So Maybe you can help, you can help shed some light on the things that we should be looking for. Oh, that's hilarious. I, I, I can see that. I can see that. Yeah, there's, there's definitely a lot of things to kind of be obsessed about right now. Um, I know I found something new and it was at Target of all places and Jada Pinkett just launched a new oh, fun. sustainable personal care line. Hey humans. But the line was cool. It's like nothing is over $6. Everything is in like really sustainable packaging. Mm -hmm. So like the deodorant is in cardboard. The body wash and lotion was in like an aluminum type of packaging. And so I think there's just like one item in the line that has like a little bit of plastic. Basically it's like 99% line is is plastic free. So I thought that that was really pretty cool. And it's kind of a big deal too, right? Because like in the US, you know, only 9% of the plastic here actually gets recycled. So it's kind of at this point, the less we use, the better. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, recycle this, recycle this and recycle bowl. Like nine out of 10, most people aren't actually doing anything. It's just going to landfill. Right. 
I'm going to have to check it out next time I take the kids there for their reward. But um, like we almost mentioned was female founded brands. Mm-hmm. I mean, women are doing so many great things these days. It's nice that the options are out there and we don't have to really search because yeah. they're prominent. A hundred percent. So Jasmine, when I asked you to guest host with me, number one, I'm excited about the podcast and it's been a fun adventure with the other Monica, but I thought this episode would be about anti-aging. And when I suggested it to you, you kind of shocked me by saying that you're anti-anti-aging. And so I need to dig in to know why and what that means to you. And maybe, maybe I'm actually anti-anti-aging too. And I just don't know it. I know. And it's funny, right? Because we came together in the anti-aging right? And I think maybe like one of our product line, the name was probably like anti-aging. This is our anti-aging line. This is our rosacea line. This is our sensitive skin line, Mm -hmm. right? But I think since that period, over this last decade of <laughs> growth <laughs> and maturity, I kind of grew to hate the term, you know? Um, and well, it's interesting, it's like kind of staying up on like the beauty stuff. So maybe 2017, 18, something like then, Allure, I think it's because they ended up getting a new beauty editor, but they mm-hmm. basically said we're going to ban the word anti-aging, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because like words matter and especially just like working in aesthetics, you kind of see the impact of some of these things on like younger, impressionable people mm-hmm. and how they change how they feel and like they view based on some of these advertisings and things that we say a lot. I never liked anything that sounded like aging isn't other than a gift to them, right? And right. I think this past year, everything that we've kind of been through and like witnessed, gray me up, wrinkle me up, whatever, you know, you can do, I'll take it. I mm-hmm. don't care, I just wanna be here. Mm-hmm. And I think like with products that are advertised to reduce the signs of aging, you know, a lot of times it does do more harm than good. and do kind of little to really contribute to a more body positive society. So that leads into my next question. Do you think the beauty industry exploits women's fears of getting older? Yeah, absolutely. I think when we were growing up, beauty ads were designed to make us feel like there was something wrong with our physical appearance in order to sell a product. And I think that there's this old school mentality was create a problem to sell a product but with this influx of female founded brands like you know like we were just talking about I do see some of that mentality changing I I like the idea personally of growing old gracefully Monica and I have a back and forth all the time she loves getting her hair dyed because she doesn't like how much gray she has and I just want to have as much gray hair as my grandmother and she had a beautiful head of silver hair so I'm just gonna let it go for a while and see how long it takes but growing old gracefully embracing some of the things but i also get botox so i don't yeah. know i'm a con- walking contradiction yeah and i mean i'll probably mention it as like one of my faves for some kind of category you know i'm a hundred percent for it i will never probably stop doing it but you know what i mean it's like the doing it and the reasons why what we do is not because I want to look younger, right? It's like, because I want to look more like me or a a refreshed version. Yes. Oh no. I looked angry all the time. And I was like, (laughs) can I just, I'm not angry. I'm not upset. It just wouldn't go away anymore. So I had to fix it. (laughs) 
Yeah. And I think it's just a lot of like the messaging about like the whys of things is just, Mm -hmm. I think, changing a little bit more now over the past couple of years. I would agree with that because I'm not doing it because I think there's anything wrong with me. I'm doing it because I want to look 10 years younger. You know, like I think we've seen those commercials and definitely had those, you know, pamphlets when we were selling things, you know. Mm -hmm. My next question, you led right into it, is what do you think is the biggest gimmick in the beauty industry today? Mm-hmm. That's a loaded one. Um, uh, biggest gimmick, I think, today. Oops, yeah. Uh, I have. To, I just heard a door close. I have to go figure out where it is. Go ahead. <laughs> Friends, sometimes I think I have everything dialed in just right so I can record an episode while my kids behave and play nicely together. And then reality comes and bites me in the butt. Here's just one real life example. This boy is going to be the death of me. Oh, they all are. No idea. Yeah, we, have, we have a baby gate like, installed at the top of the stairs. A what? A, like a baby gate at the top of the stairs. Oh, yeah. And I felt comfortable up until today that it would keep him from going downstairs. He went downstairs, he got blackberries and raspberries, brought them in his room, stepped on them. He opened the basement door. Who knows what he was gonna do down there. Who knows what he was gonna do down (laughs) there. Oh, and earlier this morning, he got into the cotton candy while I was up here because we had our wires crossed (laughs) on the time. Now he went for the fruit, dude. Oh my God. I would have just kept going back for the cotton candy. Fine, just eat the cotton candy. I go down another 15 minutes later and he had taken the cotton candy container and filled it up with water. So he had all this blue water on the carpet. I don't know what it is with water and kids and doing things. There was like one meeting that I had and I come back, I asked them to just like, you know, be together in their room because I was trying to be in a room that was kind of further away from them so I couldn't mm-hmm. hear. I open the door, I'm like, oh, you guys are just like playing together so nicely, coming to say thank you. Yeah. They got glitter. We're home, so I bought all kind of craft crap. Yeah. And so I had this huge thing of glitter and that water changed into their swimsuits. I have wooden floors in there. The whole <laughs> floor is covered in water and glitter. And they're just like sliding on their bellies, like slip and slides. <laughs> they're like, we're like mermaids, mom. <laughs> Look at us, we're covered in glitter. Like that room had glitter in it for like six weeks. And oh, most- I believe you. Every time I would just try to like, you know, dry it. Like there would just be other pieces of glitter, like oh somewhere. It just like never completely no undone. It was ridiculous. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh. So congratulations, just a new level of the matrix. <laughs> I, I really, maybe I didn't, anyway. Today's episode is brought to you by partner affiliate, Force of Nature. Did you know that 40% of adults and 30% of children in the U.S. have allergies? Now is the perfect time to educate yourselves about how chemicals in traditional cleaners can trigger allergies and asthma. Head over to the link in our show notes and save yourself a bundle off of starter kits using the code SPRING30. Save an even bigger bundle on bundles using the code SPRING40. Start using Force of Nature in your home today. Okay, so we're talking about gimmicks. (laughs) Not gimmicks by our children to make us crazy. What I think my biggest gimmick is in the beauty industry, and I basically think that the biggest gimmick is 
the standard of beauty, making us believe that there are, is a beauty standard. I think seeing it a lot of times from like the marketing perspective, like we just see how the industry is always serving us all of these ads, Mm -hmm. like ads are constantly like bombarding us with reminders of what the beauty standards are and how we don't live up to them because of our flaws. They've kind of like picked out in order to sell a solution. And it doesn't matter if it's skin products, hair products, makeup, the way people thought you had to market items were in order to to be thought of as beautiful. Like you had to just have perfect, you know, fill in the blank, hair, perfect skin, perfect nails to kind of just like fit into this mold of a person versus just being some form of beautiful on your own. There's this one little box that you need to fit in to be in this like standard of beauty. Mm-hmm. I think that is the biggest gimmick because it allows the whole industry to continue selling product after product, whether it's something we apply or something we buy, a tool, a mechanism, a jade roller. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's all about money. One of the things that I I think I've come to learn about myself is the older I get, I do still want to retain some of my youth, right? I want to feel energetic and beautiful. And I hardly ever wear makeup anymore, which in my 30s, I never thought, I never thought I would say that. And it's always funny too, because I feel like when you start, you start by piling on so much. Mm -hmm. And now when you look back and I'm like, oh my God, I had this like baby skin and I can't believe I I covered it up. Foundation. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's true. What do you think is a beauty product that you can't live without? I think a beauty product that I can't live without would probably be a lip oil because your skin on your lip does not have any, what is it, sebaceous glands, mm-hmm. so like oils on its own. The lip oils instead of like a chapstick or like a lip gloss, it, for me at least, like they help my lip feel hydrated. And I just am someone who always feels like I need to have something on my lips at all times. Even though we're in a pandemic, I'm going to have to put on a mask. I need to have something on my lips. Ashley, what about you? I would say for me, it'd be just a really nice, lightweight sunscreen. I think as a person of color, I grew up kind of believing this myth that if you have melanin, you don't need sunscreen. And then I remember the first time I got sunburned and I was like, but I'm black. I'm going to get sunburned. I don't understand. It's not supposed to happen to us. And so I think from that day forward, I realized that it doesn't matter how dark your skin is or how light your skin is. Like you, everybody needs sunscreen and everybody needs to protect their, their skin and their yeah. face from those UV rays. Ashley Renee, let's talk about the ways in which being a new mom changes your life in ways you can't imagine. Some women dream about it from the time they are five years old. And other people have to be kind of, you know, gently nudged into it. But what's something that's caught you by surprise? Again, just how much I enjoy it. I really did think it was going to be such a chore. I I did. And although it wasn't um, instinctual at first, it feels so much more natural now. Um, I think culturally in the United States, States, you know, it's like we as Americans are not taught to have have men be as involved. It's almost like people think that taking care of a child is just a woman's job um, okay. or that only a woman should be able to bond with her child. And so I feel like all this pressure just ends up being on us 
Like even when I was just like sharing clips of him interacting and engaging with our child and changing his diapers and just doing all the things and just showing like just how much of a loving bond they had together because like, you could really see it in all the video clips. You know, we get messages like, oh, it's so weird. Like your husband's so involved. I mean, the women were like loving it. They were like, oh my God, right. I wish I had that. <laughs> all the guys are just like, um, I didn't know men did stuff like that. Men change diapers. Like you have your husband waking up in the middle of the night to feed your baby. Like that's your job, you know? Like my dad even got messages to me, like from other men his age saying, these young men these days, like they're just doing these new age parenting things. It's like, it's a new age parenting thing to bond with your child. It's so strange to me. Wow. Um, so I think I was a, a little bit taken aback by, to me, what seems like very regressive ways of thinking when it comes to men and their relationships with their children. Um, from what I'm, I'm hearing from a lot of comments is that a lot of guys feel like they have to be older, like their kids have to be older in order for them to bond with them. Like that's so not true. I mean, I would say for the first few weeks when I was like in recovery mode, good God, like nobody ever talks about the recovery phase. Like, no, no, nobody does. Trimester. Nobody told me how hard that was going to be. He saw what I was going through. So he really stepped in. Like, you know, there were times when I couldn't even walk. So like my husband really had to step in and, and do things. And so I think he and our son really established this amazing, beautiful bond during that time. Um, and you can just see it, like the way my son looks up at me crying. And like, my husband's the only one who can calm him down just by picking him up. And then he just lovingly gazes in his eyes. You know, and I want men to be able to experience that with their, their babies. I think maybe it's our generation, maybe the I'm kind of Gen Gen X, millennial. I'm right on the cusp. I think it's changing in our generations because Paul was very much the same way. It seems a lot like your husband. He changed every diaper if he was around, every single one. If I nursed, he would change her diaper after. Or if she woke up in the middle of the night wet, he would change her diaper. It didn't matter. Same thing with Logan. So I guess I never really considered it any other way. I know people whose husbands weren't as involved and I just chalked it up as them being different people because mm -hmm. Paul has always wanted to be very involved from the first minute, except catching the baby when I delivered. He's like, no, I'm going to stay right <laughs> by your head. Don't ask again. But okay. Funny. I know you both have a lot going on. And Jasmine, I want to know from you how you balance entrepreneur and a mom. Is there really any balance? Uh, there's definitely no balance right now. I would say there it's impossible. <laughs> Right now, I feel like because of like the whole no school thing, like, uh, the balance is coming from a lot more iPad time. My kid is really great at video games now and when necessary, lollipops and what is it? Fruit snacks. <laughs> fruit snacks. Who knew? Yeah. There's definitely no balance. It's a lot of like waking up really super early right now to get things done like before their stuff starts, scheduling things at like odd hours and it's just kind of always on. We might have to do a separate podcast about morning people and night owls because I stay up to the wee hours to get things done. I'm not a morning person. Ashley, Renee, what, do you, what did you do before being a mother? So I actually quit my job in 2017 to work for myself. So I've always been in video production. And I remember people just used to always say, you're too creative for corporate. And But growing up with the parents that I had who had the same job their whole lives. And that it's generational, was, yeah. Generational, you know, I was taught 
to believe that it was more respectable to work for a great company, climb that corporate ladder. So I never considered being an entrepreneur until one day I was like so tired of corporate and I couldn't ignore like this feeling that I was having that maybe I was meant to kind of go off on my own. And at the time, like I was just really into travel and I really wanted to travel the world and create some kind of business around it. So I started a travel blog. Awesome. And, and since I was in video production, what I would do is, um, you know, whenever I would have vacation time, I would travel, shoot a bunch of content. And then after um, hours at work, I would just stay and mm -hmm. edit my, my travel videos and work on my travel blog. You know, as it was starting to pick up steam, um, I decided that I would just go ahead and quit my job and keep working on my blog and hope that it would take off at some point. In the meantime, I would make money by utilizing the skills that I learned in video production. I started a video production company. Then eventually the blog really did end up doing so well that I was able to dissolve the video production side and do my content creation full time. And so I've been doing that ever since. And it's been amazing. Um, and my husband's been really great. We're kind of like a husband-wife duo in the sense that he negotiates all my deals. It was becoming very overwhelming. And I was definitely the type of person who didn't understand my worth. So I wasn't charging correctly. But he taught me to like, you know, know your worth and then add tax. You, you've got to know it. So yeah, and, and so he advocates on my behalf, which has been really great. And so I, I'm so fortunate because I get to do what I love. And especially with being a mom, it just works out so well for me because I can literally do these two things. Like in between mm -hmm. momming, I can work on my content creation and just evolved so much over the past few years because what started out as a travel blog, I actually ended up becoming like an environmental activist. And okay. Really big and sustainable community. So I completely pivoted and pretty much dedicated my, my life and my work to educating people about how to have a better planet. So I get to do all that and mom at the same time. So it's that's really wonderful. I think that's any person's best life. Yeah. And it's just not fair that there's so much creativity and drive in one family. <laughs> <laughs> just not fair. She brought it out of me because she used to always be the one to tell me like, Ashley, like you're so creative. You could be doing this and this and this. But, you know, I just, I didn't believe in myself. I didn't think I could do it, but she really, she's one, she's been one of my biggest cheerleaders. So thank you. <laughs> I can see that. If you could have a superpower, Jasmine, what superpower would you have? I would like to be invisible. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah, because I, I just would love to know like what goes on behind closed doors in many situations. <laughs> I would like to be able to sneak up on my son. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I think mine would be, I would like to not need sleep. That'd be dope. Oh, that would be great. Yeah, I would just, I mean, going back to the vampire, my dream to be a vampire, I would just like to not need sleep. That would be great. Although I would probably never slow down ever. No, but then you wouldn't care. You'd be energized, vibrant all the time. Ashley, Renee, if you could have a day to yourself, what would you do or where would you go? My bed. <laughs> I don't drink coffee, but my sister is like about to turn me into a coffee addict. She was like, look, when I became a mom, that was when it coffee hit. was when I, yeah, I started drinking coffee and you might have to start. And I'm like trying to hold out so bad. I'm like, no, I'm going to rely on my natural energy to get me through the day. But um, it's a lie. Well, this longer I can do it. Paul didn't drink coffee until we had kids. He might have a latte or a cappuccino if we went out to breakfast and he caved in, especially with this when the second one came around. Now he drinks coffee every day. 
I want to transition to another segment that we're trying to bring in, but we haven't done it enough. So it's called the trend alert. And Jasmine, I've always admired your style and how you're not trendy. You just have such great personal style and you make it look effortless. I remember seeing pictures of you out in LA with your kids running around and you're wearing skinny (laughs) jeans and heels and your hair looks great and you've got lipstick on. I'm like, this is not my life. I'm like, who is she? So Definitely for me, I would say I'm very basic, especially some days, but you're not basic at all in anything you do. Jeans and my side parts are like not in style anymore. Oh God. (laughs) Do we have to evolve? Look at the side part I have going on. (laughs) You know, it's like this funny, like Gen Z millennial war going on right now on TikTok, I think. But it's funny when you mention that she's not basic. She makes basic look amazing. She does. She'll just have like a t-shirt and jeans and somehow it just looks so amazing. Right? Wow. Yeah, no, I've always, always been jealous. Ankle weights the other day. And like that (laughs) made her whole outfit. Like people were stopping her in the grocery store. Like, where did you what what is that? They're not just working out. (laughs) I get the house often. So I just kept saying, oh, she's from California. Like they do that. (laughs) So is that the new trend in (laughs) California? Because that's my next question. I might have to go on Amazon and buy some rainbow colored ankle that weights. Could be it. My, my bala weights. I think like the joke is, you know, everyone's been leaning into this, you know, like midday walk. You okay. Know? Yeah. So there's these like cute little like ankle weights that kind of look more like bracelets. Okay. And it just helps me. It's like an extra two pounds you okay. know, as I'm walking. Yeah. You know, yeah. The color just has to be very vibrant because um, my daughter picked it out and she loves anything rainbow. So I was like, you know what? Let's oh, just do the rainbow. So cute. And how about on the East Coast? What are you seeing on the East Coast? Okay. So as far as trends, I would say I see this right now happening both East Coast, West Coast. And LA is really funny in its own right. Like LA yes. people will be really into crystals mm-hmm. and they want to have like super clean eating and buying everything at Irwan, but then they want like lip injections, right? For your yes. day. <laughs> um, but I think like one trend that I'm seeing on both posts is the pendulum is kind of swinging away from just any, everything like clean and natural and organic towards what I would like to call more clean clinical. Okay. Um, More people kind of leaning into appreciating active ingredients that are science backed and have clinicals behind them. And then just still being maybe aware of ingredients that they want to stay away from and say some shape or form, you know, so it's still a little bit clean beauty and then clinical beauty kind of mixed together. I like it. I like it. Well, I know you both have a lot going on and we've gone, we've gone long, but I love all the content. So I'm going to have fun editing. I just want to ask you to wrap it up. What do you have going on now? Are there any projects that you have lined up? We have something coming up between the two of us kind of incorporating, you know, beauty on my side and the sustainability and impact on Ashley's side. So we're starting it out with like a podcast, calling it Beauty and Impact. And it's basically a podcast to interview change makers who are disrupting the norm of beauty and sustainability right now. I think that sounds like a really great project. I'm going to be excited to listen to you while I, he pulled up the maps. He wants to go someplace. 
Don't you worry, I know. Yep. <laughs> like, can we go here? All right, so I think that sounds like a great project. I'm going to look for you wherever podcasts are found as soon as you launch, and we'll definitely be a big supporter of Jasmine and Ashley Renee and the Beauty and Impact podcast. So I'm the impact, so we combined our two passions. Perfect for what looks like a beautiful sister relationship and makes me a little sad that I didn't have one. Oh, I'm only here because she really wanted a sister, apparently. We just found this out from my mom. (laughs) Don't you love those family secrets? (laughs) Although I really wanted a dog, so we could have actually just- I mean, you know. Yeah, but they chose me. Paul has a story similar. They asked him if he wanted a dog or a a sibling, and he (laughs) said he wanted a sister, and he got a sister. It's amazing. Yeah, they're very close. It's really sweet. Ladies, thank you for joining me today on Two Monicas and a Microphone. I had such a great time playing Oprah. And to our friends listening, thanks so much for letting us be part of your day, whether that's folding socks, driving to work, or getting in some cardio. For extended show notes, please head over to our website, twomonicaspodcast.com. That's with the number two. You can also follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Two Monicas Podcast, and find us on Pinterest, where you can get a sneak peek to what we have coming up at Two Monica's Podcast. We'd like to give credit to the following for providing music. Full music credits can also be found in the show notes on our website. Kevin McLeod provided wallpaper, open those bright eyes, Marty Gotza Plan, Fretless and Nowhere Land. Winnie the Moog provided Fantastic World, Background Motivating Corporate, and Sasha Ende provided Total Happy Up and Sunny. Until next time.